Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 317 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here with you. We got five starting pitching trade targets for the San Diego Padres. I'll be talking about those today. Uh, a lot of them are from the Miami Marlins, as you might expect. Uh, but just wanted to start off with some quick news. Padres Fan Fest. The Padres just tweeted this out. Uh, 2023 Fan Fest will take place Saturday, February 4th. We already knew that, but it will be from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Padres members, they get in at 8.30. And the big four, the core four, at least for this year, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and Xander Bogarts, they will all be in attendance. Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Jake Cronenworth, Josh Hader, Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, Tim Hill, and Bob Melvin will also be in attendance. Trevor Hoffman will be there. Mark Loretta will be there as well. Other former players. So it looks like it's going to be a really fun day there. Again, that is February 4th at Petco Park. Uh, start time, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Don't know, like, the time when players are going to be there or where they're going to be there or anything like that. Maybe there will be details about that. 
or it'll be just like regular fan fest where you're just going to get in a line and maybe that's when that player will show up. I don't remember last time if uh, they had like a line and it said what player is going to be there or people just stood in the line and a player showed up and, oh, okay, cool. It's Joey Lucchese uh, or it's Chris Paddock. You know, this year, whatever line you stand in, if that's how it is, it's probably you're going to end up with someone that you like, right? Uh, you're not going to be ending up with uh, some no-name guy or some random starter. You know, it's going to be a, a big player. Uh, so that'll be cool. I'm sure there'll be question and answer sessions in Gallagher Square and stuff happening on the field and all that. So that'll happen then. Uh, we'll get to some other Padres notes and all that. Uh, but let's start off here. The five starting pitching trade targets that the Padres could be looking at uh, to add to the rotation. I know that the rotation, you can make the argument that the rotation is set, like for now. Um, Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Lugo, Martinez, like that's not the end of the world. That's not the worst rotation, but it could improve, right? Johnny Cueto just signed in free agency. The free agent starting pitching pool of guys, Michael Waka, is like the best remaining starting pitcher. So in other words, it's not very strong. Uh, so the trade market's probably the way to go, and it's also good to go that way because these guys that I'll be naming, they have years of control. And with Darvish and Snell being free agents, scheduled free agents, uh, at the end of the 2023 season, you're going to want some controllable arms in that rotation. And these guys, they have, it's not just, well, some of these guys, it's a couple years, but most of all, most of these arms, it's like four years of control. Um, so you're going to be having them for years and years and years and years. It's not just these, you know, couple years and then they're gone. Uh, so first off here, I'm going to start with the obvious one, which is Pablo Lopez. He is a right-handed pitcher from the Marlins, 27 years old. That will be his age for the 2023 season, the Padres would have him for two years of control. He did not have in, any injuries in 2022, which will be a, a difference from the other guys I'll be talking about. Um, his estimated salary, according to Spot Track, is $6.285 million. In 2022, he had a 3.75 ERA, 3.71 FIP. If you can have a FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, if, you, if that can be under four, that's pretty good. Uh, 180 pitches, or not 180 pitches, that would be bad. 180 innings pitched in 2022, a 2.F Fangraphs war. Um, he's probably the best starter among these guys that I'm going to name, but the other guys, it's longer control, um, and maybe they have higher upside. The Padres, who they're trading for, I don't know if they... Like, yeah, it would be great if they went and got Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, but those are not on my list. I don't think that's, like, a realistic trade target right now. Um, where am I going with this? Uh, um, I just saw a tweet come down, so I kind of got distracted there. So, with Lopez, okay, what the Padres need, it's a 4-5 starter. It's not, you don't need a top-of-the-rotation guy. Um, because you have that with Darvish and Snow, at least for this year. You're looking for a guy that can go pitch game four of the NLCS, and you can rely on them to do that. You know, 
have an actual starting pitcher. With Seth, with Seth Lugo, we don't know if he's actually going to be a starting pitcher. Nick Martinez, you think that he has a better chance of being a starting pitcher than Seth Lugo, like long-term, in this rotation this year, but even he's not a sure bet. Uh, so I think the Padres, you don't need to be go going and getting this big starter. It's okay to get Pablo Lopez to be the four starter in the rotation. Like that makes the rotation better. That's all that really matters right now. Just make the rotation better. Get another big league arm in there. Like having Brett Honeywell, which I love the addition, having Julio Tehran there and Jay Groom, you know, these depth options, that's great and all if injuries happen. But I think the Padres, if it's if a trade happens, they're not they don't want to be acquiring just some depth guy. They want someone that can impact this rotation as the four or the five starter. And Pablo Lopez fits that bill again. ERA under four this past year. He is a righty, uh, but he's in the middle of his prime. Age 27, uh, two years of control. AJ, he likes the control. Having those two years uh, is big for AJ. Um, hopefully you can't hear the lawnmower going in, my, in the background. Sorry, it's pretty loud right now. So sorry if I get distracted. Uh, but Pablo Lopez is an option. Another guy, uh, Edward Cabrera, he's a righty. He's 25 years old. He doesn't only have two years of control. He has double that. He has four years of control. He also pitches for the Miami Marlins. Pre-arbitration player uh, for the next, and then the, the uh, next three years after that, it'll be arbitration, I believe. Uh, 2022 had a 3.01 ERA. A 4.59 FIP, 71.2 innings pitched, a 0.3 F4. So the numbers, as you can see, they're not as great as Paulo Lopez's numbers were in 2022. But there is the upside there. Uh, the Marlins, they do really like this guy. Edward Cabrera was a top prospect for them before he got to the big leagues. The injuries are a concern, though. Um, but the Padres might not have to give up as much for Cabrera, even though he has longer control. They might not have to give up as much for him compared to Pablo Lopez because Lopez is better than Cabrera. Uh, Cabrera, he, he dealt with some elbow, ankle problems in 2022. If you go back to 2021, he dealt with uh, a biceps issue. So again, injuries are a problem, uh, or at least they have been a problem. So... It's not a guarantee that he, you know, you can count on him for the NLCS, uh, you know, or count on him to start consistently for the Padres all year long. Um, but the upside is there. Chase rate, hard hit percentage, fastball velo, whiff percentage, they were all great uh, on his baseball savant page. So I think the Padres, they'll probably like the upside play, but injuries, do they want to deal with Edward Cabrera again? Uh, or not again, but do they want to deal with him when they've already had to go through Adrian Morahone with his injuries and Denelson Lamette, his injuries, um, and Michelle Baez, his injuries? I know Morahone and Baez are still in the organization. They can still contribute to the major league roster in 2023, but do they want to go through that again with a starter that they're bringing in? They probably want more of a sure bet. Uh, Jesus Lazardo is another option. He's 25 years old, four years of control, so it's not like Pablo Lopez where it's two years. It's double that. 
Lazardo is probably a name that you've heard of. He was coming up with the A's. He was one of you know the top pitching prospects in baseball coming up there. And then they dealt him to Miami. I believe that was in the Starling Marte trade. Marte went to the A's before he signed with the or before was he traded there? Or is, I think he signed with the Mets in free agency. Uh, but Lazardo, he's with Miami now. He is a lefty. Lopez and Cabrera were righties. Lazardo is a lefty. He um, four years of control, arbitration, two point zero nine three million dollars is his expected salary in two thousand and twenty three. Um, strikeout rate, whiff rate, fastball velo were all great, all rated in the red on Baseball Savant, so that's good. Um, it, it always helps when you have a starting pitcher that can get swing and misses, right? Relievers, you you want that more than starters, or you probably need that more than starters for like the ninth inning or something if you're a closer. Like, we don't want contact, let's get strikeouts. But for starting pitchers, that's a plus if they can, you know, have a have a really good whiff rate like uh, Lazardo has. He also has dealt with injuries 2022. He had a forearm strain, so that's probably something that the Padres are going to be questioning about and maybe concerned about a little bit. But it doesn't seem like he has as many injuries or has dealt with as many injuries as Edward Cabrera. And Lazardo, as a lefty, Snell's a free agent at the end of the season. If Snell leaves, which maybe he does leave, Boris Client, seems like the Padres are interested in bringing Darvish back on an extension. I'm not saying that they're not interested in bringing Snell back on an extension. But let's say Snell leaves in free agency. You want a lefty into the rotation, you can bring Lazardo in or have Lazardo in there for 2024 after 2023. I think that would be appealing. That would be appealing to me. I'd like to see Jesus Lazardo uh, as a San Diego Padre, uh, partly because I've been following him since he was with the A's. And, you know, I'm just a baseball fan, so I do know of Jesus Lazardo and I know the upside is there. Like Brent Honeywell, the upside is there. Uh, can he stay healthy, be consistent? Like those are the questions. Uh, but four years of control for Lazardo, uh, left. He is a lefty Trevor Rogers. He is another name. He's a lefty as well. Age 25, four years of control. I don't think there is as high of a ceiling for Rogers as there is with case loose Lazardo. Um, but four years of control, like I said, arbitration eligible starts in, uh, arbitration starts in 2024. Is what I mean to say, uh, 2022 was not as great as 2021. So if the Padres do acquire him, then the Padres are going to be hoping they can get the 2021 um, version of Trevor Rogers. But in 2022, had a 5.47 ERA, 4.36 FIP, 107 innings, 0.8 F4. He did deal with a left lat strain. Um, let me look up. I probably should have done this before, but let me look up his year in 2021 real quick because I wrote down the 2022 numbers. But 2021, he was an all-star. 264 ERA, 25 starts, 133 innings, which is definitely more, obviously, than he had in 2022. Uh, only gave up six home runs all year long, over 150 strikeouts. His FIP was 255. ERA plus league average is 100. His ERA plus was 160. Uh, he placed second in the rookie of the year. Like, so that's 
that's the Padres. That's the pitcher the Padres maybe could be getting if they acquired him. If Ruben Niebla could work with them, or just simply if Trevor Rogers bounces back. Uh, but that's not a guarantee. Uh, but that's someone that the Padres probably are interested in. Again, it's another lefty. Who would you rather have, Lazardo or Rogers? I'd probably lean toward Lazardo. Uh, but Rogers, he did have a really, really good 2021 season. And maybe the Padres think they can get him back to being that guy. Uh, the fifth option that I want to bring up, I know that there's some other options being brought, being brought up in the chat, and we can definitely talk about those. Uh, but another option I wanted to talk about today, Adrian Hauser uh, from the Brewers. He did not have, kind of like Trevor Rogers. He, he did not have the best 2022 season, had a 4.73 ERA, 4.21 FIP, 102 about 102 innings, 103 innings, uh, a 1.0 F4. Um, every baseball savant percentile, but the barrel rate and fastball, fastball velo. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, man. That's a bad cough right there. Uh, every savant percentile, but barrel percentage, fastball velo, and extension are poor. Um, does not strike out a ton of guys. So this is this he that's where the risk comes in, right? Like he's not a big strikeout guy. Barrel percentage. Eh, I mean, I don't know how much front offices want to value the baseball savant numbers. I I definitely think that they look at them and they don't want to look at just the regular stats, right? They, they want to value other things, you know, go deeper into why this guy struggled. Um, with Hauser, he's 30. So it's not like he's this older pitcher. The Padres, they would still, they would have him for two years of control. So it's not like it would be a walk year or something. Um, so that's a positive. He's not making a ton of money in 2023. Expected to make $3.6 million, according to Spot Track. Uh, but his baseball savant page, what front office probably look at, that probably is concerning to them. When you look at the savant page and there's a lot of poor statistics there. Um, let me take a look at his savant page one more time just to make sure uh, I'm reading the correct savant numbers. Hold on one second. Okay, here is his savant page. So he'll be in his age 30 season in 2023. So hard hit percentage, uh, that's poor. His whiff percentage, he doesn't, is, is terrible. First percentile. So he's like the worst in the league at getting guys to swing and miss. Um, fastball velocity doesn't blow anyone out of the water. Fastball spin rate obviously doesn't, that's poor. Curveball spin rate's poor. Chase rate is poor. K percentage is poor, 6th percentile. Uh, there is nothing that is like, uh, how do I say this? There's nothing that is in the 90th percentile, 92nd percentile, anything like that for Hauser. So that's probably concerning to the Padres. But just as another option that could be, I don't think this is a guy, well, maybe, maybe he proves us wrong if the Padres get him and he's uh, a 
pleasant surprise, and you do trust him in LCS Game 4. But if the Padres get him, my immediate reaction wouldn't be like, okay, Adrian Hauser, he's now the four starter. He's definitely starting in a playoff game. Based off the year he had last year, that, that's not, that, that would not be my reaction. I would, I would put him in the category of maybe a little above Brent Honeywell because Honeywell hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I'd put him not in the rotation. I'd probably just put him right in with the Weathers, Jay Groom group of depth guys. Maybe you start in the minor leagues and, or you're a long relief guy. And if you can show the front office, you can show the coaching staff that you've improved and you're not last year you're you're not last year's version of Adrian Hauser. Okay, then we can maybe put you in the rotation. But he would be more of okay, the Brewers, their rotation is it looks pretty set. They have a lot of arms there. They have Andy Ashby who they just gave not Andy, Aaron. Aaron Ashby that they just gave another extension to. Um not another extension, but they just gave him an extension. Corbin Burns, they don't want to trade him. Brandon Woodruff, they don't want to trade him. They just brought in Wade Miley, which I believe pushed Adrian Hauser out of the rotation. They still have Freddie Peralta. They still have old friend Eric Lauer. So they have a lot of starting pitching options. So Hauser seems like a guy, to me, where it's like, okay, the Brewers, they're just trying to get something back for him. Yeah, you're selling low, but what is your use of Adrian Hauser? So maybe that's how the Padres get him. And they give up some prospect, and the Brewers are like, sure, let's, we'll take him on, you know? Um, I'm not super high on Adrian Hauser, but I'm just throwing the name out there. There's a reason why he was like fifth out of the five guys I named. Um, I'm sure the chat has some more starting pitching options. If you have any other starting pitching targets, please let me know in the chat. Feel free. I will uh, definitely pull those up and talk about those. A great way to support the channel is using that super chat button. Um, so I'm taking Hauser out of this this like next ranking that I'm going to do. Um, but if I had to rank the four Marlins starting pitching trade possibilities, so uh, Alcantara, he's not, he is Sandy. He is not an option. He was just named. He was just, just given the key to the city of Miami. Just won the Cy Young. He's not an option, but the other four starters, Lopez, Cabrera, Luzardo, Rogers. If I had to put them one through four, rank them one through four, as like the best pitchers. I'd probably go Lopez one, no injuries in 2022. Prime, he's just the best pitcher, I think, right now. Number two, I'd go Jesus Lazardo. I think he has the higher ceiling over Trevor Rogers. I'd go three Trevor Rogers, and I'd go four Edward Cabrera. The injuries really concern me with Edward Cabrera. I'd prefer to bring in a left-handed pitcher over a righty. Uh, just give the rotation a little bit more versatility. If that makes sense, make it a little more diverse. Cabrera, he has upside. Lazardo has upside. Rodgers has upside, as we saw in 2021. Lopez, I don't know how much more upside he has, but I'll take that. Like, what he was last year, I'm fine with that. I'll take that. Two years of control. He's one. I think he's the surest bet. And then two through four, Lazardo, Rodgers, Cabrera, those could probably be ranked differently based on how you view them, but that's how I would view them. Lopez, two years of control. Cabrera has four years of control. Lazardo, four years of control. 
and Rodgers, four years of control. So if you want control, maybe you go with Rodgers or Lazardo Cabrera. If you just want the best guy right now, it's probably Pablo Lopez, but Pablo Lopez might cost the most. I know he has the least amount of control, two years compared to four, but he's the best asset that the Marlins have when they're dealing with someone that is, that is trying to win right now and wants a starting pitcher that can help them right now. And the Padres fit under that category. So we'll see what the Padres give up in a possible trade. If they do make a trade, obviously, we'll see if it's Grisham or if it's Kim or if it's Merrill. I think that would have to be for someone like Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, but we'll see. That's how I would rank the Marlins pitchers, those four. Um, so we'll get to some other notes, but I wanted to get to your comments here about these starting pitchers. Um, I don't know if anyone has thoughts about FanFest and Tatis being there. He will be there. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so let's get to the chat here. David says, yeah, also hope pitchers stay healthy. With the World Baseball Classic, hope Darvish and whoever is going to play stays healthy because one thing we don't have is depth. Well, one thing we don't have is great starting pitching depth. We have starting pitching depth. I mean, there's plenty of names that could fill starting pitching spots at the big league level. But the Padres, they're not just looking for guys that can fill the starting pitching role if someone has an injury, right? You want to build out this rotation with four, five, hopefully five starters that you're confident in in the NLCS in game four. That's not something that the Padres could say this past year with Clevenger dealing with the knee thing, with Manaya being lazy at points during the year, and he just wasn't, he didn't seem like he was the same guy as he was going into the season and the first couple months of the season. So I agree that with the depth thing about great starting pitching depth, but there are names. Um, they do have arms that could fill in. Um, we know Lugo and Martinez there, 4-5 after that. More honed for a few innings at a time. I don't know if he's someone that they want starting. It's He's definitely not someone that they can rely on to give them 100-plus innings, probably. I don't think. Uh, definitely 150, because uh, he hasn't shown it in his big league career. But you have Morahone, you have Jay Groom, you have Ryan Weathers, you have Wilmer Font, you have Julio Tehran, you have Brent Honeywell. Who's that other guy? Eric Hanhold. I think they signed him. Uh, probably or Pedro Avila, I'm forgetting, or was forgetting. Um, there's, there's, there's probably some other names that I'm blanking on right now, but they do have the depth, some depth there. Irie asked about JT Brubaker, Brian Reynolds, and a huge trade package uh, deal. Hassan Kim, Trent Grisham, Adrian Morahone, Luis Camposano, Jackson Merrill. Five players for two. Well, that is a huge package for two players. JT Brubaker does not blow me away. And Brian Reynolds, I mean, do you want Brian Reynolds on this team? If that means that you give up Jackson Merrill, Luis Camposano, Hassan Kim, 
Trent Grisham, Adrian Morahone. Really? You want Brian Reynolds on this team that much? You'd give up that much. You're giving up your top prospect. You're giving up your backup catcher, who could be your starting catcher at some point. You're giving up Morahone. Okay, I'd be fine with. Trent Grisham. Okay, I guess you're substituting Reynolds for Grisham. You're giving up Hassan Kim as well, though. So what does that mean? That means that Kim would be gone. You're having Crony play second. You're having Carpenter play first. Who's DHing? The Padres have interest in Nelson Cruz. But I might rather just have Luke Voigt, to be honest. I don't even know how great of a fit Nelson Cruz is for this Padres team right now. Are you going to bring in Profar? That would probably make me feel a little bit better because he can play infield. He can play outfield as well. But that, that's given up a lot, I think, for JT Brubaker and Brian Reynolds. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's given up a lot. I'd probably say no to that if I were the Padres. But maybe that's just me. Just one person's opinion. No, I mean, Irie, Irie says here, we don't need a lethal pitcher, just a fifth rotations, rotation innings eater. I mean, we have inning eaters already in the system, competing for spots in spring training. I disagree with this. No, I, I think, yeah, we don't need like a U Darvish. Obviously, that would be great, but we don't need like a Darvish or a Musgrove. But we do need someone that the Padres can trust in the postseason. NLCS, game four, a big situation. Can you trust this guy? An innings eater, Manaya can be an innings eater. Did the Padres trust him? Obviously, they don't trust him enough. They let him go, right? They were fine with letting Clevenger walk, right? I know they got more money than the Padres were willing to give them, but they were fine with letting them go. Those are innings eaters, but do you trust them fully in the postseason? No. I think the Padres need someone that they trust fully in the postseason, where they trust more than the options that they had this past season. So, yeah, I agree. They don't need you Darvish, another you Darvish coming in a trade. but. They need someone between, probably, I would say they need someone in between Brubaker or Tehran or whoever. They need someone in between that and Darvish, Musgrove, Snell. Someone in between there that they can trust. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Jason here says a member of the Red Sox media suggested a trade. Hassan Kim for Red Sox pitcher Tanner Houck. Do you have thoughts on this idea? 
I don't know a whole lot about Tanner Houck, just being honest. Um, I probably would not do that trade. Just straight up, Ha Sung Kim for Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck probably doesn't stand out to me. Obviously, he doesn't stand out to me. I don't know a whole lot about him. But he doesn't, that doesn't, that, that would not be a trade that I'd probably be interested in doing. Just straight up. Uh, ha Sung Kim, he's the starting second baseman for this team right now. Like he is a valuable piece to this Padres team. So I don't, I don't, I don't really like people just throwing around Ha Sung Kim's name like, oh, and just trade him for this random starting pitcher that the fan base has no idea who this is. Like if he's a good, if he's a really good pitcher, then sure. But straight up, Tanner Houck. Okay, let me look up Tanner Houck's name. Red Sox. He's not even in their rotation, is he? don't think so he's probably just a bullpen long man right so i'm not giving kim up for that so 2022 he only pitched 60 innings so i'm guessing he was a reliever at some point 0.7 war he had much better he had a much better 2021 season than 2022 although the era wouldn't show that but the fip would 258 in 2021 330 in 2022. Um, let me look up his savant page real quick. I, I still would say no, just looking up that. I, I think it needs to be bigger. I think it needs to be a better pitcher than that. Or you need to get more back than just Tanner Houck. So he's 26. I mean, and then his savant page doesn't blow me away either. Uh, the chase rate, it's like average. K rate is average. Uh, people hit it very hard off of him, it looks like. Fast, it does not have a great fastball, doesn't look like. Or at least the spin rate isn't great. Yeah, uh, I'd probably say no to that for now. Kirsten Wright um, here asks, Kim for Casas, or says Kim for Casas, Tristan Casas with the Red Sox. Um, I think the Padres are fine with having Jake Cronenworth there at first base over Casas. And I don't know if the Red Sox would do that, to be honest. I think they believe in Casas at first. And I think that while they probably like Hassan Kim, they could just go get Elvis Andrus or Jose Iglesias or trade for one of the Marlins middle infielders. They could just do that and not have to give up Casas. I think they like him. They like him more than like Bobby Dahlbeck. I know Bobby Dahlbeck, I think, is on their bench right now. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of this. With the news of the Trevor Story thing with the Red Sox, he had that elbow surgery. Kelly says, don't be surprised we trade Kim to the Red Sox for a pitcher. Well, when I look at the Red Sox team, here's the problem. I'm not appeal. Uh, the how should I put this? The Red Sox pitchers, not really many of them appeal to me. To be honest, Chris Sale. Okay, if you can guarantee his health, yeah, I would it would appeal to me because he pitches well when he's healthy. Corey Kluber, they're not going to trade to the Padres. They just signed him. Nick Pavetta, okay, maybe. J. 
James Paxton, can he stay healthy? Like the Padres, if they're going to trade Hassan Kim, who stays healthy, they're going to want someone back that they're ver they're very confident that they will stay healthy. Sales, not that. Kluber's not that. Paxton, not that. Garrett Whitlock, uh, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about him, to be honest. Um, I don't know if the Red Sox would want to trade him, to be honest. And then Tanner Houck, he's like, he's right in the middle of the Red Sox bullpen. So he kind of seems like Seth Lugo, to be honest. A guy that's a bullpen guy, and you're trying to convert him back to a starting pitcher? I don't know if the Padres want to do that for a guy that they're trading Hassan Kim for. Hassan Kim is very valuable to this team. I'll say it again. Like, he stays healthy. Or at least that's what he's shown. He can play short, can play second, can play third a little bit if you need him to. He can hit at the top of the order. He can hit near the bottom of the order. Like, all I'm seeing from Hassan Kim is improvement. So... I'd, I'm willing to trade Hassan Kim. Don't get me wrong. I'm willing to trade him, but not for these guys that are being mentioned here. Not for these Red Sox starters. I'm just not very blown away by any of these Red Sox starters. You go ask Red Sox fans about these starting pitchers that they have, they'll tell you that it's a bunch of question marks. Like, okay, maybe they have a good lineup, but the starting pitching is... There's question marks all over that thing. All over that rotation. So yeah, for the Red Sox, they Kim's probably a fit for them, but I don't know if the Padres are a fit for getting a pitcher back there. Irie says, Voight would be a good counterbalance for Matt Carpenter. Lefty-righty, first base, DH mix. I, um, I know Luke strikes out a lot, but there is a reason why players are cheap, and we need more depth. We do need more depth. I think Voight would not be an expensive option. But I would rather, right now, I'd rather have someone that can play the outfield if you need him to. Um, Carpenter, he's slated as the DH. If they make a trade, like Kim goes somewhere, and now Carpenter's playing first, then Voight makes sense, because you can DH him and have Carp play first. Or you can have Carp DH or play left, and you can have Voight play first. Um, so that would make more sense. But right now, I just don't know how much Luke Voight fits for this Padres team. And I think we could talk about this Nelson Cruz thing right now, to be honest. Uh, I think this is a good uh, spot to do this. So the Padres, they're, in they're, they're interested in Nelson Cruz. They're one of the teams interested in Nelson Cruz. And I did a video on this yesterday. How would he fit the Padres? And now that I've thought about it more, I just don't know how much of a fit Nelson Cruz is for the Padres. Like right now. They already have Matt Carpenter as a DH. They have Jake Cronworth at first. They have Ha-Sung Kim at second. They have Bogarts at short. They have Manny at third. Like their infield's set. They have Brandon Dixon, Eggy Rosario. That can be on the bench. Um... Nelson Cruz, he's not going to go play the outfield. I was kind of joking around with people on Twitter. People didn't think that I was joking. Um, when I was asking in the reaction to that report by John Heyman yesterday, I was asking, hey, so can Nelson play the outfield? And people were kind of laughing. Like, no, uh, maybe with a, with a cane. Um, yeah, literally, he could go stand out there. Like, he's not going to be playing. He wouldn't play the outfield. He has not played another position other than 
DH in years. All he did was DH last year for the Nationals. And as I said in my video yesterday, I'm surprised that, uh, not Voight, uh, Cruz, I'm surprised that Cruz was not traded before the trade deadline with the Nationals. Like, did he not have any value? Uh, I know he got eye surgery or something to fix something there, so that's probably why he didn't have the value um, that I probably thought he was going to have. I didn't know about the eye thing at that point. Um, so with Cruz, I mean, if Carpenter was not on the roster, I could see it more as a DH guy. And maybe he fits as a bat off the bench, but the Padres, we know that they like versatility. So Cruz does not fit that. And if you're going to have a bat off the bench, you don't want this bat off the bench to only be a bat, if that makes sense. You want this guy to be a bat off the bench, but he can go play another position if you need him to. If something happens, if an injury happens, yeah, Cruz could play if he like needed to, but he has, he's a DH. Like he is, you look at what a DH is, designated hitter. Like that's what Cruz is. He can still hit, but that's all he is. And I think Preller, he likes versatility. Cruz doesn't fit that. Mark, Matt Carpenter's already on the roster. I don't know how much he fits right now. I don't, I don't think Voigt really fits right now either. If a trade happens, then we can talk about that. But right now, I, I don't know how much he fits. The good news, though, is Nelson Cruz wouldn't come with a big salary. Yeah, Devin here says, uh, going back to the Tanner Houck thing, Houck looks like he's been prepared as a relief pitcher more than a starter. I like bringing him in, though. I mean, the bullpen seems pretty set, to be honest. And, again, trading Houck for, or trading Kim for Houck straight up, no thanks. Uh, Kelly here says Hauser is another Zach Davies. Yeah, how his, his baseball savant. I, I know there's probably fans here that don't care about baseball savant. They only look at the regular numbers and all that, and that's fine. I, I understand that. But those numbers are concerning. And he didn't have a good 2022. And if you're going to trade major league assets for a starting pitcher, I want that guy in the rotation, someone I can trust in the NLCS. And, Hauser doesn't appear to be that person right now. Every says, I think Nick Martinez is going to be an excellent fourth starter. I sure hope so. I think he can do it. I have more confidence in Martinez being an excellent starter than Seth Lugo. I don't I think that's probably the majority opinion among the fan base, right? JT says, true, honestly, why not? Alfaro to come back. He is fast enough to be a backup outfield option. And I think he just needs more consistent at-bats. Well, I don't even... Has Alfaro played the outfield? I don't even remember him playing the outfield with the Padres. I don't, I don't think he did. Um, he would be a catcher, DH, maybe could play first. If something happens, if Campy is traded, then yeah, bring back Alfaro. I think he would want to come back. It seemed like he loved it here, and he loved the fans embracing him and the LFGSD and all of it. So I'd be open to bringing him back if something happened, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards. 
Alex, I like where you're thinking here, Alex, what you're thinking. Brings up Paul Blackburn. He's a starter with the A's and Seth Brown. Seth Brown, I went over in, I think, the last episode. I, I like Seth Brown. Um, he is probably one of the more underrated players in baseball, I would say. He plays first. He can play some outfield. And he's like the lone guy left with the A's. That He seems like he's the next guy to get traded. His barrel percentage is the 90th percentile. He barrels up a lot of balls, hits a lot of balls hard. Yeah, he's not the fastest. He does strike out, but that's kind of what today's game is, you know? 2022, 25 home runs, over 70 RBIs. Yeah, the average is not great, but the OPS is about 750. On base percentage is over 300. Um, yeah, I would like him. He's, I don't think he's as complete of a player as Jerkson Profar is, but he has more power. He can play first and he can play the outfield. Like that, he fits the roster right now more than someone like Nelson Cruz or Luke Voigt or Fran Mill Reyes. I saw that in the chat earlier. You know, he fits the, he fits the roster more than those guys. And then Paul Blackburn, I don't know a whole lot about him. I can look him up though here real quick. Maybe not real quick. Let's see if my thing can load. Okay, so... Oh, wow. Totally forgot Estier Ruiz was on the A's. This A's team is brutal. Holy crow. Holy cow. Holy crow, that's what I just said? Sorry. Uh, Tony Kemp, Seth Brown, Ramon Laureano, Jace Peterson, Aledmiz Diaz, Shea Langliers, Connor Capel, Nick Allen, Estieri Ruiz. Wow. Yeah, Seth Brown is like the one guy that sticks out there. And Aledmiz Diaz, is, you would think, would get traded before the deadline. Uh, but going to Paul Blackburn, second starter, 29 years old. He had a 4-2-4 ERA this past year. So that's not great, but maybe if we dive deeper into the numbers, maybe he'll be a better pitcher than I think. 111 innings, so he, he can, well, I mean, I shouldn't jump the gun and say he can stay healthy because he, has, he doesn't have a long track record, of, track record of going over 100 innings, but seven, a little over seven strikeouts per nine, that's not great. But he does not walk a lot of people. That's that's good. His FIP was a little worse than what you want it to be, 4-2-1. But I'd probably, I'd probably like him more than, who were we discussing earlier? Like J.T. Brubaker? I like Seth Brown a lot, though. So, I'll, um, yeah, if they can make that work, I'd like that. Irie does not want a control pitcher, more like a one-year rental than I want them to extend Blake and Darvish. Blake to five years, Darvish to two years, but I know inflation's a mofo. <laughs> um, I want a control pitcher because look at the rotation. I mean, you got a plan for the future. And I know we're trying to win right now, and they've made some moves to win right now, right? 
Seth Lugo, that's short-term deal. Uh, Martinez could be short-term deal. And Darvish and Blake right now, those are one-year deals. That's how you got to look at it. So let's say Snell walks. He's gone. Let's say they extend Darvish. So you have Darvish, Musgrove. Maybe Martinez comes back. So that's three starters. Okay, who are your four and five for the next couple of years after 2023? I'd like to have another controllable arm there. Um, I know Morahone, you can control him, and Jay Groom is controllable and all that, but I'm talking about major league pitchers that are you know in their prime, controllable, not bad contracts. That's what I'm talking about. If they get a one-year deal for a four or five starter that I'm confident in in the NLCS game four, then okay, I guess I'd be fine with that. But if I had a preference, control, Someone who's under control or a one-year guy, I want the guy that's under control. All right, I'll get back to the chat here, but I did want to get to the other notes here. Carlos Correa signs with the Minnesota Twins. Is this good for the Padres or is this bad for the Padres? Immediately? This is good for the Padres because he is now on the Minnesota Twins. And I have family in Minnesota. No disrespect to you guys. No disrespect to the Twins. You might win your division. You might make the postseason this year. But I don't think you're a World Series team. The Mets, though, with Carlos Correa, they were going to contend. They were going to be playing the Padres at some point, I think, in the postseason with Carlos Correa on that roster. So the Mets, they're not as good of a team now without Carlos Correa than with him. So this helps the Padres immediately. He was on the Giants, then he wasn't. That helped the Padres. Then he was on the Mets. That didn't help the Padres. Then it. Then he's not on him now. Now that helps the Padres. So the Padres, they won with this, right? Correa going to the Twins. Long term, some fans might say, well, this now makes the Mets a suitor for Manny after this season when Manny opts out. But what I would say is, I don't think the Padres are going to let Manny get to free agency. I don't think they're going to let Steve Cohen dial up Manny and say, hey, here's $400 million for 10 years. I don't think that they're going to let that happen. Because they know that's what Steve Cohen would be offering Manny. Because Manny is not Carlos Correa. Manny stays healthy. He doesn't have this, at least from what we know, he doesn't have this like right leg issue where there's a plate in his leg and it was vibrating at one point during the season. You know, he doesn't have that issue. So if he gets to free agency, yeah, this Correa thing going to the twins, that might be bad for the Padres. And, you know, Manny signs with the Mets. It's like, oh, crap. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Seidler locks Manny up before we even get to that point. So I'm not worried about that right now. I think Carlos Correa's signing with the twins was good. All I'm looking at is this year. We can look at down the road and, well, Padres extend Manny. Maybe they can't extend Soto. And Cohen and goes, grabs, goes and grabs Soto for $500 million. Okay, maybe. But that's down the line. We can't even look at that right now. I'm focused on Manny Machado. I'm focused on the 2023 Padres because the Padres have a great chance of winning it all in 2023. And Correa not being on the Mets or the Giants in 2023 is a win for the Padres. So, 
yeah, Correa was introduced by the Twins uh, earlier today. He was talking about how it was a wild process and the doctors that he checked that or that Boris had him check with said that his ankle and his leg were all fine. But then other doctors with the Mets, the Giants looking at MRIs, those are different from the Twins doctors and other doctors looking at him and seeing how he can perform every day. Like it's different. And Boris was like, well, there's just a difference of opinions with doctors and all that. So it was predictable what the press conference was. And it's a wild free agent uh, saga that happened there. On my new MLB YouTube channel, Baseball Struck, I've been reacting to everything that's happened with Carlos Correa. Uh, what, I say, what I'll say there, what I'll say about that is I'm just happy for Twins fans that they got him. I know this is kind of like for them, well, he was our third choice. That's not great, right? But he was your third choice because you're not a big market team. If you were, if you had the Mets pockets, he might have been your first choice because you had the money. But he went to the Giants first. He was there. That was his first choice because they gave him 350 at first. Then he went to the Mets because they gave him 315 at first. Then when those guarantees went down and they didn't offer him as much guaranteed money over the first six years that the Twins did, then he said, "Yeah, Twins, let's." Let's run this back, unfinished business. Yeah, let's go. Come on. We know Carlos, he's kind of lying there. Maybe he's not lying now because the contract's signed and he has no other, he can't, he can't say, well, I don't want to be here. I'm not trying to run it back. No, he has to, that's kind of the, the mentality he has to have right now, you know? Um, I, I hope the Twins make the playoffs. I hope that they can build around Carlos and this whole thing works out. I hope that Carlos stays healthy this whole time and he gets through those 10 years uh, because that would be, that would probably be a kick in the nuts to Mets and Giants fans. Like, man, this guy actually stayed healthy. We could have had this guy. He agreed to a deal with us, but our doctors said that this ankle was not going to hold up. This, this leg was not going to hold up. It's not going to look good years down the road, even though it looks perfectly fine right now. So we'll see what happens. That's going to be a very intriguing watch whenever Carlos is on the field. We're probably going to be thinking, okay, is this the day that his leg gets hurt? You know? So we'll see. Uh, already touched on Nelson Cruz, Trevor Story with the elbow surgery. So Boston might be inquiring about Hassan Kim. Maybe it happens in three, the three-team deal. The, the Marlins can give the Padres one of the starting pitchers we talked about earlier, the Red Sox. Uh, they get Hassan Kim. And the Red Sox give Verdugo or something to the Marlins. Maybe that's what they can work it that way. I'm just throwing that out there. That hasn't been reported on by any reporters or anything like that. I don't have sources. I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, I've heard this from someone. No, I'm not really in that business. I'm, I'm just giving my thoughts on the Padres as a Padres fan. Um, maybe that's what happens. Uh, but don't be... Don't freak out if Hassan Kim's name is in trade rumors the rest of this offseason with the Red Sox or with another team. I don't think it's something to freak. We'll talk about it. We'll continue to talk about it, but I don't think it's something to freak out about. Those are just discussions. The Red Sox, their middle infield situation is not great. Christian Arroyo's at second base right now, and Kike Hernandez, maybe he's going to shortstop from center field. It's not that great. 
So maybe they sign Andrus or Iglesias and Kim. We don't hear about him anymore. I want Hassan Kim to be a Padre, but I'm willing to trade him if that means the Padres get a a controllable, uh, trustable starting pitcher, if that makes sense. Um, what else here? Oh, yeah. Anyone see the MLB Network? The MLB Network rankings? Top 10 relievers right now, according to their shredder or whatever thing they do. Josh Hader is not on the list. Robert Suarez, not on the list. Let me pull up for you this top 10 relievers list. Edwin Diaz is number one, which, okay, yeah, had a great year. Had that, he just signed that big extension. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Emmanuel Classe is number two. Okay, makes sense. Devin Williams, very talented. Evan Phillips, I could buy that he's a top 10 reliever, had a really good 2022, but I don't know about number four. Yoan Duran with the Twins, very talented. Ryan Presley, yep. Andres Munoz, Padres fans, we know how talented he is. Liam Hendricks, wishing him well with his fight with cancer. Um, really hope he, you know, beats that battle. Okay, yep. But then 9 and 10, Jason Adam of the Tampa Bay Rays. Jason Adam, two two last names or two uh first names. One of them is his last name. Uh never heard of this guy before. He did not have a good 2021 with the Cubs, had a great 2022 with the Rays. So he's a top 10 reliever for having one good year. But Josh Hader, who's been doing this for how long? Since like 2017? He had a couple bad months this past year, so his ERA looks bad. It's over five for 2022. But he was an all-star in 2021. He was an all-star in 2022. He did not allow a single run in the postseason. He struck out his last eight guys that he that he faced in the postseason. So... Because he had, because the numbers look bad, because he had some really, really bad outings in 2022, he's not a top 10 reliever in baseball? Come on now. Come on. To me, this is where it's like, okay, they didn't, whoever made this, this list, even if it's numbers, like it doesn't feel like they dove into to the numbers enough. Josh Hader, it, it took him... I don't know how many appearances this is, but if you look at his game logs from this past year, he didn't allow a run until June. Did not allow a run in the month of, May, of April. Did not allow a run in the month of May. And then there was a lot of zero, one, one run allowed, one run allowed, one run allowed, zero, three, six. So yeah, there were some bad outings of one innings, or one inning of work that really inflated the ERA. But... He then worked on his mechanics. He found himself April or August 31st against the Giants, right? When Bob Melvin put him in and the fan base was really, really worried probably, right? Like, oh no, Josh Hader's closing this game. He just sucked against the, uh, the Kansas City Royals. August 28th, gave up six runs. Comes in, doesn't give up any runs. And then from there, he gives up one run the rest of the, the, rest of the season. The whole month of September, he gave up one run. 
did not give up any runs in October for the rest of the regular season. And then if you go look up his postseason numbers, 2022, wild card game three, no runs allowed. Division Series Game 2, one and a third innings, no runs allowed. Division Series Game 3, no runs allowed. Division Series Game 4, no runs allowed. Struck out Betts, Freeman, and Turner. Not a, not a top 10 reliever in baseball, though. NLCS Game 2, no runs allowed. And fans will say he should have been on the mound to face Bryce Harper. I, I, I was fine with Bob Milne's decision because Robert Suarez was great as well. He was on that same level as Hayter at that point in the season. So for Josh Hader not to be a top 10 reliever in baseball, for the when fans think of, if you ask fans, what who are the top 10 relievers in baseball? Josh Hader is one of the first names that will be out of their mouth, right? And I know this is probably based on numbers, so who cares what the name is? It could be Joe Schmo, and maybe he's a top 10 reliever. But I just find it hard to believe that Josh Hader is actually not a top 10 reliever in baseball. I don't believe it. I looked at fan graphs last night. The last two major league seasons among qualified relievers, Hader is eighth in war. Not a top 10 reliever, though. Robert Suarez, I understand, because it's one year, and he had some struggles as well, so there's not a big sample size there. But Jason Adams, a top 10 reliever, and he had one great year with the race. And he's, that makes him a top 10 reliever. And... Ryan Helsley choked in the postseason against the Phillies. Hader and Suarez were great. And Hader and Suarez are not, or at least Hader. I'm fine with Suarez, I guess. But Hader not being a top 10 reliever, just it, it doesn't matter. I know these rankings, they don't matter. But I, I still, it still kind of matters to me for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just the respect thing. Like, I want Padres relievers to get respect. I think Josh Hader deserves respect from him bouncing back from his struggles last year. And he was great at the beginning of the year. He was great at the end of the year. He was great when it mattered most. And if you go to 2021 as well, like going back to there, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. He had a 1-2-3 ERA in the regular season in 2021. A .835 whip. And he was pitching like that for the Padres in the postseason, you know? So, I don't get it. I just don't get it. All right, my computer is about to die, and it's at 22%. I guess we can continue here. Um, going, uh, let's go to the chat here. I don't think there's anything else that I need to bring up. Let me check Twitter real quick. Yeah, I don't see anything. All right. Let's see what else you guys are saying here. Irie says, I hope the Padres invest in Snell, but most likely Blake is gone after this year. Uh, inflation. Yeah, he's also a Boris guy, and they test the market, and starting pitchers, they get paid a lot of money. I mean, Shamanaya, look how much money he got, and he admitted he was lazy this past year, and he got 25 mil, you know, from the Giants. So, yeah, Snell, Snell will get paid. I'm not banking on the Padres bringing him back. I think they'll bring back Darvish, though. Seems like they want to work out a deal. Padres probably want Snell back. He's a great personality. He pitched well, I thought, at the end of the year, second half of the year. He always does. Um, but someone will probably overpay for him. 
Maybe the Mariners bring him back and he can pitch at home in Washington. I don't know. Devin says it bothers him that the news de the news the news details the Padres have interest in the players they've been linked to, but they don't get something done with them. Yeah, but the media's job is to go get rumors, go get information, go get players, and just because, like for example, it says the Padres are it's it's rumored that the Padres are rumored to be interested in Nelson Cruz, right? John Heyman reported that yesterday. We don't know what the level of interest is. I know Twitter, when we see that, everyone's like, oh, they're like, it, we immediately go to, they're a finalist for Nelson Cruz. They're, they might just be checking in on him. And to the agent of Nelson Cruz, he tells John Heyman, Padres checked in, they're interested. And he sends out, Padres are among teams interested, and it's like, it makes it seem like more than what it is. It might be exactly what it is. Maybe the Padres are a finalist for him. Or maybe the Padres maybe the Padres were a finalist. It seemed like they were a finalist for Cueto. But we don't know if Cueto was strongly considering the Padres or not. But that's what we're led to believe. So my point is sometimes these reports, the report is accurate the way that they word it. Like they're interested or they were interested at the time. But maybe they're not like, strongly interested and it's between them and another team and this guy picks that team maybe it's the Padres just checked in on him and said okay how many years are you looking for the dollars and that was like their last conversation they they never touched back with that player or that player's agent because he's out of their price range but John Heyman tweets out Padres are interested in this player and we all you know get our hopes all of our hopes up but that's just the way that's just the way it is Devin with another question here. Can a trade with the Braves be feasible? For who? I don't think... The Braves are kind of in our boat, right? Trying to win the division. They think they can win the World Series. They're not looking to trade guys. Doesn't seem like it. Lauren says, gotta go with Grinky. Seems like he wants to finish his career with the Royals, so I'm not really focused on him at all, to be honest. Iris says, I'm 38, San Diego, local, and I'm just glad that we're talked about on ESPN, LOL. Yeah, it's nice when ESPN does talk about baseball, too, that, that they, they mention the Padres. But they kind of have to, right? The Padres have forced the national media to discuss them. Um, where the, na the national media, like the Red Sox, I guess, you know, they, with their Devers extension and stuff like that, and letting Bogarts walk, walk. They are discussing them, but even when they're bad, it seems like they still talk about the Red Sox because they're a big market team. Um, the Padres, they have to earn the airtime, if that makes sense. And I know you said ESPN. ESPN, let's be, let's be honest. Do they talk about baseball? No. First take, maybe they talk about baseball for a minute, and it's Stephen A., talking about the Yankees or the Mets with Mad Dog, whenever Mad Dog's in there, they don't talk about baseball. They're the NFL net, They're like the second NFL network when the NFL season's on. And they talk about the NBA when the NFL's over. They don't talk about baseball. On SportsCenter, they bring on Jeff Passan maybe, like they did yesterday when the Carlos Correa news came down. But or they, 
they talk about it when they're airing a game on Sunday Night Baseball, like before or leading into, or they'll promote it during the week. But are they actually like having segment, multiple segments in these talk shows about baseball and Major League Baseball? No, they only do it when there's like big news or to fill time. So I wouldn't really pay attention to if the Potters are being talked about on ESPN. Because I don't really care, except like passing and people that are actually know what they're talking about. I don't really care about what Stephen A. Smith has to say about Major League Baseball because he doesn't pay attention to it. You know, I don't care about what Colin Cowherd thinks about Major League Baseball because he doesn't pay attention to it. The other day, he made himself like an, sound like an idiot. He is an idiot when it comes to baseball. He was talking about Mariano Rivera. Oh, Mariano Rivera only has like he was known for his splitter. It's like no, he wasn't. Dummy. He had a cutter. That was the pitch. But he was like, oh, it's the splitter. It's like, no, you have no idea what you're talking about. Or he likes to bring up the Dodgers or the Angels. And it's like, just don't talk about baseball. You just make yourself sound like an idiot. You know? So I pay attention to more what people say on MLB Network or what people say on local sports radio shows here or, you know, New York, like big baseball towns that talk about baseball consistently, I don't care what football and basketball guys have to say about baseball. Uh, Irie says, this is the most anticipated year yet for San Diego Padres. It has to be, right? Yes, I agree. Tat the big four, Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts. You have Cronoworth, Musgrove, Darvish, Snell, Hayter, Suarez. You can throw Nick Martinez in there. Seth Lugo they brought in. Bob Melvin is the manager, beating the Dodgers last year, and the Dodgers are kind of down, so it seems like this is the Padres' chance. Padres are a top-three team at least in the National League, like maybe the best lineup in the National League. They have the best top of the lineup in the National League, right? One of the best infields in baseball. Yeah, for sure. Most anticipated year, the return of Fernando, bringing in Bogarts, having this big four together, hopefully once Fernando comes back. Reaching the NLCS this past year without Fernando or Bogarts, and you add them both to the lineup now. Oh, yeah. There's uh, a ton of excitement around this team. And, uh, yeah, it's. I hope it lives up to the hype. I, I think it will definitely during the regular season, and we'll see what happens come playoff time. All right, episode 317, that is it. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Over an hour of Padres and baseball talk. I appreciate your time, everyone. I know you could be listening to something else, watching something else, but you chose to stick here. Thank you so much uh, for the time today. See ya. Go Padres. <laughs>